This is the Practical Teaching Tips Podcast. I am your host, Richard James Rogers, high school science and chemistry teacher and author of the award-winning book, The Quick Guide to Classroom Management. Well, hello and a very warm welcome to you all today. Uh, Welcome to this Practical Teaching Tips podcast. I am your host, Richard James Rogers, and today I'm going to be talking about an extremely important issue in teaching and one which I still think a lot of teachers overlook and don't really appreciate the value of, and that is the issue of clarity the clarity of what we teach, the clarity of the instructions we give to our students, and the clarity of the resources we share with our students. So let's go through those three things again. The clarity of what we teach, the clarity of our instructions, and the clarity of the resources we share. And I think that when students reach a certain age, when, for example, they're 14 and upwards, I think a lot of teachers fall into the mindset that those kids are becoming mature enough to learn independently. And therefore, if they do not do well on tests and assessments, it's their fault because the students didn't work hard enough or they didn't revise hard enough or they didn't put in enough effort But what I can tell you all from experience is that that is nearly always not the case. A good quality teacher who makes the road ahead clear, makes the lessons clear, makes the resources clear, and makes the instructions clear, will almost always be able to achieve better grades with their students than those teachers who neglect this important issue of clarity. And to demonstrate this, I'm going to call upon a few examples from my history. Um, I'm going to start off first as far back as when I was in high school as a student myself. And I think as teachers, it is useful from time to time to look back upon what it was like when we were students, because it allows us to have empathy and sympathy for what our students today are going through. So what happened, a good example I can think of which which demonstrates the importance of clarity is when I was around about 19 years old, I was um, attending high school, I was doing A-levels, which is the the, the British equivalent of a a pre-university qualification, and at that time, British schools were trying to build key skills into into high school students. And one of the things that I was supposed to do, and all the students in my year group were supposed to do, apparently, was to create some kind of portfolio of our work that demonstrated key skills. Now, for those of you who are legacy teachers from the UK, you might remember something called ALICE, and uh, that was the program that um, I and my, my peers were supposedly a part of. And anyway, basically what happened was, was that at the start of my A-level courses, 
some of my teachers, not all of them, but some of them, um, shown us this program of study where they were going to uh, develop these key skills with us and give us opportunities to uh, add to our portfolio. And that was at the very start of our A-levels. And then as the, the courses went on and the two years went on, nothing was ever mentioned about these key skill portfolios. None of my teachers mentioned, hey, today we're doing a key skills task. Keep this work because you can put it in your portfolio. That never happened once. So for two years, we, we learned our subjects, biology, chemistry, mathematics, whatever it was. And then all of a sudden, almost at the end of the two years, just before we were about to do our exams and, and leave school, uh, one of the, the teachers, the, the head of this Alice portfolio key skills thing, requested all of the students to go to his room and submit these portfolios. And all of us were, were talking to each other saying, what are these portfolios? This is, we haven't heard about these for so long. I thought they'd forgotten about them. And, you know, nobody mentioned anything for two years. And I just remember lining up in front of this, this teacher. I won't mention his name because it makes me angry just thinking about him. And I was there lining up with all my friends. There were, there were about 20 of us at that particular moment in time. And one by one... We went up to him and said, I'm sorry, I don't have a portfolio. And I remember when I walked up to him and I said, I'm sorry, I don't have a portfolio. And he just went, oh, this is terrible. I should work in a primary school. Those are his exact words. And I felt like saying to him, you shouldn't even be in a school. You shouldn't even be in the teaching profession. You are a disgrace to the teaching profession. And it made me really angry because I was... At that time, I, I was going through quite a lot of difficulties at home. And I really valued my time at school because, for me, it was an escape from... escape from um, poor financial conditions. I guess that's the way to describe it. And I really valued my lessons in school. And despite all the hardships I had, I tried my best to do well at school. So when all of a sudden this teacher was asking for these portfolios and nobody knew what was, what was going on, it really annoyed me, to be honest. Um, and that is a problem that could have been very easily solved had all of the teachers had communicated with each other, come up with a proper plan of action and actually told us in the lessons that we were learning, this is a portfolio lesson keep your work and keep it in your portfolio. And if that message had just been reinforced throughout the two years, all of those students would have submitted something. But that didn't happen. And I've seen situations like this so often in my time as a teacher over the past 16 years where teachers have just not been clear with their students. And there's a number of ways in which students can get very, very confused. And I'm going to go through a few of them now. Um, the first one is our elocution, how we talk to our students, how we deliver our lessons. Is our voice or is, is your voice clear to your students? Do you have a very thick accent that the students can't understand? 
Do you speak too quickly or too slowly? This can be a really big factor in determining whether or not students understand your content. Um, when I first came to Thailand, how many years ago was it now? 12 years ago, um, immediately I realized that most of my students did not know English as their first language. So I had to change the way I spoke in my lessons. I had to slow down. I had to speak loudly. I had to speak clearly. And I had to use a more classical accent. Now, thankfully for me, I'm quite lucky. I come from North Wales in the UK and my accent is quite clear, I think. But there is also a local dialect and when I was teaching in the UK, I could get away with speaking in a more local, colloquial way. But over here in Thailand, I really had to speak classical English. I had to avoid using um, colloquialisms. So, for example, um, if I was to say to a student, this work is not satisfactory, I mean, I would never say that anyway. But if I was to say, for example, this work should be improved, that would be a classical way to say that this work needs to be improved in English. I would never say, for example, this work just doesn't cut the mustard, because that's a very colloquial expression that a lot of students, even native English speakers, might not understand. So your accent, the way you speak, your loudness, your clarity, the, the pace at which you speak, whether you're speaking too fast or slow, that is very, very important, especially now when so many schools are doing um, blended learning, hybrid teaching and remote teaching. Our voices have really got to be clear when we're, um, when we're teaching through technology. Now, the second big thing is um, the instructions we give to our students. And it's so easy to neglect to be clear when we're, we're going through steps with our students. Nowadays, a lot of teachers are using LMSs, learning management systems. I think that's what that stands for. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, or VLEs, virtual learning environments. So you might, for example, be using Google Classroom, Firefly, Moodle, etc. But are your instructions for each task really, really, really clear for your students. Now, I, uh, I've team-teached with a lot of teachers over, over the years, and I've shared Google Classrooms with teachers, and what I've seen, especially from inexperienced practitioners, is the instructions that they give to their students can be very, very confusing. A rule of thumb that I like to follow is outline the steps one after another, one after another. So if I'm posting something on Google Classroom, I would say, um, dear students, please complete these steps today. And I would literally write in bullet point form, step one, go to Educake and log in. Step two, complete the task that is called um, energetics questions. Step three, write down every question you get wrong with the correct answers in your notebooks. And I would literally make it that explicit. And the explicitity, the clarity 
of our instructions is just so very important and nowhere is this more important actually than in practical subjects when you're doing experiments when you're doing some kind of design technology lab work when you're doing a project where students need to work together in groups and do cut and stick or create google slides or create leaflets and infographics whenever you've got students working together or doing some kind of practical activity or really any activity but especially project work instructions have to be extremely clear again i i look back on when i was in school as a as a student at you know when i was in my late teenage years and i had an awful chemistry teacher i won't say his name but um he really was terrible and i just remember one day we had an experiment in in the laboratory and he basically had set up the apparatus and chemicals for us all. We walked into class. He gave some very brief instructions. I mean, it, I think everyone was confused. And then he just said, okay, guys, off you go. So I was a bit confused. What exactly am I supposed to do here? Um, and I started the experiment kind of trying to figure out what to do. And I... Part of the experiment involved hot water. And I, I brought the kettle of hot water to my desk. And the, the teacher said, no, you're not supposed to do that because you could spill it. And I said, okay, but I can't bring my experiment to the, the side of the, the room or something. And then he kind of shouted at me. He shouted at me, no, but you can do this. And he, and he was really loud. And I thought, you complete idiot. Why didn't you demo the experiment? Why didn't you give us a sheet with step-by-step -step instructions? Why are you expecting me to figure all this out without any prior training? I mean, that's the other thing as well. Now, I will agree that older students, they do need to know how to learn independently. And they do need to know how to think outside the box. And they do need to know in many cases, how to design and implement their own experiments and project work. But they need training as well. You can't just expect a student to do something if they've not had some training beforehand, if they've not done some experiments that are step-by-step -step beforehand. So, I mean, that was pretty awful. And now, as a chemistry teacher myself, I'm actually grateful I've had those bad experiences as a student because... I know how to treat my students properly and I would never shout at a student for not following the correct instructions in, in a practical. I would always be sympathetic. I would always be clear. I would maybe take the student and have a one-to-one -one conversation and clarify things. But what do I do? I demo the experiment first. Where possible, I give step-by-step -step instructions. I give for a safety information. All of this is important, and a teacher's clarity profoundly affects the grades our students get. And another area as well, as I mentioned at the start of this, are the resources we give to our students. The number of times I have seen colleagues of mine post resources which have spelling mistakes, grammar mistakes, which are not clear which have uh, images which are blurry or have been 
snapshotted from PDFs and are not clear, diagrams that are too small. Uh, you know, this, this kind of stuff really just shouldn't be happening. It should not be happening. As teachers, we are the professionals, and our resources have got to be really, really, really clear. And I do not agree that in every case, a student who gets poor grades, especially when they're older students, I do not agree that that is entirely due to their efforts. Because when a teacher has clarity of resources, clarity of instructions, and clarity of voice, accent, elocution, those students are going to succeed most of the time. And the final thing I should mention as well is clarity of feedback. This again is so important. It's really vital that when we're giving um, feedback to our students, that it's done in a way that is personal to them and is clear to them. Now, what's the most efficient way to do this? In my experience, it's not a good idea to take home piles and piles of books, of um, assignment papers, um, and mark them one at a time by hand and scribble loads of comments all over them. It takes a tremendous amount of time, it's stressful, it's tiring, and when the students get the work back, sometimes they'll read the comments, sometimes they won't, when they read the comments, oftentimes they'll understand what you, they, they won't understand what you've written as well. So in my experience, it's much better to mark work with the students. I'll say that again, mark work with the students. Now, how do we do that? Um, I think live marking is one of the best ways to go. And what does that mean? It means that you can walk around the classroom with a colored pen in your hand and mark the work in real time as the students are doing it and talk to the students. I love this diagram, it's very neat and clear. Well done for labeling the Bunsen burner. Try to make your handwriting clearer, please, Jenny. Make sure that you're writing those numbers very clearly because in chemistry, the numbers are very important. And if a number two looks like a number three, the examiner is gonna uh, take a mark away from you. So clarity of feedback, verbal feedback, is very important, but also making sure that that verbal feedback is, of course, personal to the students. And also, where possible, ask the students to write down what you've said. For me personally, I will literally ask my students to write down, Mr. Rogers said, and then to quote me on their work. And I'll ask them to write that in a different colored pen. Why am I asking them to do that? It's because by writing down what I've said, they have had to process what I've said. And by processing what I've said, they've had to think about what I've said. And by thinking about what I've said, they will remember what I've said. So that's really important and a good technique I would advise. Another way to do live marking is to invite students to your desk one at a time and uh, talk one-on-one -on -one about the work. Again, ask the student to write down what you've said. With remote teaching or hybrid teaching, what you can do is you can um, have one-to-one -one meetings with students. If that's um, something that causes a concern for you because of um, 
safety issues or because you you know you don't want to be in an awkward situation in a one-to-one meeting with a student you can do one to two meetings and you can buddy the students up and you can have video calls with them one to two Uh, perhaps when students are doing a task in a lesson you can set up a schedule put that on your google classroom or your lms or vle and get the students to join uh, the video call at those times and, and have those those quick discussions with them. Another thing as well is when you go through tests and assessments, very important that we go through the questions one at a time, really highlighting the key vocabulary and where necessary the key equations and the key calculations. Um, The number of times I have seen students submit work and then not get any feedback on it is just incredible. Um, and I'm thinking about, again, people I've worked with in the past. Um, when I think about students who've done tests and then they get their test paper back and all they get is a score and a grade and they don't get the mark scheme back and they don't get a detailed explanation of what went wrong in the questions they got wrong. And I've seen this as I've been tutoring as well. I've done a lot of private tutoring over the years, lots and lots with students who are at different schools to me. And so many times I have seen students get homework back, test papers back, and they're getting a score. They might get a grade, but no explanation of what went wrong. They'll get ticks and crosses. And I'll ask the students, okay, you got this question wrong, why is this question wrong? Do you, do you know why you lost a mark? And the, the students I'm tutoring are telling me, I've got no idea. It just says it's wrong. Now that really, I've got to say everybody, there's no other way to describe that. That's disgraceful. It's really disgraceful. No teacher should be doing that. No teacher should be giving work back, giving in a grade and not providing a mark scheme, at least and not providing model answers. Students have got to know why they've lost marks and how to improve themselves. I mean, it's so basic. It's so basic. So, everybody, I really hope that that was a quick one-stop summary of clarity and why clarity is important. So, to summarize again, um, clarity of voice, elocution, and accent, very important. Clarity of the instructions, the instructions we give our students is essential, whether that be through a VLE, an LMS, or in person. Make sure you've got steps where necessary. Step one, step two, step three. Make it very clear. Avoid spelling mistakes. Avoid grammar mistakes. Third thing is the clarity of resources. Are your worksheets neat, clear, Do they show good diagrams and good images? Are you using websites which are clear? Are you using software which explains the material clearly? Are your resources on point or do they waffle and discuss things that students don't need to know? Clarity of resources is is so essential. And finally, clarity of feedback. Um, That one is just, I hope, an obvious one to teachers everywhere. Students have to know what they've done wrong, why they've lost marks, and how to correct it. 
And also as well, as an add-on to this, students should have targets as well. Um, if I was to go to your school and go to your classroom, I should be able to go to any student in your classroom and say, what is your target for your next test? And every student should be able to tell me my target is a grade C or my target is 80% or my target is a level four. Very important that students know their targets and also they know how to get there as well and where to find the resources. So thank you, everybody. Um, you know, I don't claim to be a perfect teacher. I don't get this 100% perfect all the time. I slip up from time to time as well. Um, but I've been in this game long enough now to know that all of those things I've mentioned are, are really important. And, um, you know, I, I try my best not to slip up that often. And, and where I do slip up, if I've made a spelling mistake on a, a VLE message, for example, or a resource is not good enough, I will always self-correct. Often students are very good at um, helping you with that. If I've uploaded a resource that's, um, you know, got an unclear diagram or has got a repeated question, students will often tell me, sir, the diagram's blurred or, uh, you know, there's a repeated question here. It doesn't happen often to me, but when it happens, I'll say thank you for letting me know and I will make sure I self-correct and, and um, get that resource perfect for those students. Um, and that's it really, everybody. Hope that's helpful. Um, in my next podcast episode, I'm going to be talking about EdTech tools to use in 2022. If you're interested in an excellent blog for teachers, which contains hundreds of articles about everything to do with teaching, uh, with lots of practical teaching tips, then go to my website, which is richardjamesrogers.com. I'll say that again. That's richardjamesrogers.com. The link to that is in this episode description. Also, check out my best-selling award-winning book for teachers, which is called The Quick Guide to Classroom Management, 45 Secrets That All High School Teachers Need to Know. And that's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Book Depository, and at all good retailers. Um, and finally, what's the other thing I want to talk to everyone about? Um, oh, yes, there's actually a blog post I've written about curriculum clarity and how to make the road ahead clear for students. So I will link that blog post, that specific blog post, in this episode description as well. Well, thank you, everybody. I hope my podcast episodes are getting more interesting. Um, I'm trying to work on getting... Um, people to phone in, people to send voice messages. If you want to send a voice message to me to include in these episodes, there's a link in the episode description where you can do that through Anchor and um, I will include your voice message in future episodes where, where related to a topic, for example. I have had a voice message already about EdTech, so I'll, I'll include that in my next um, episode that I do. All right. Well, thank you, um, everybody. Stay safe. Let's make 2022 our best teaching year ever. And let's really help these students. They've, they've been through so much. Um, I've got students now who've never had a formal external exam. They're 16 and 17 years old. I've got students who are way behind because, you know, they've, they've uh, missed a lot of school. 
They've been doing only online learning for a long time. This is the year where we've really got to pull out all the stops and just be the best that we can be as teachers to help our students. All right, well, thanks everyone. Until next time, bye-bye for now.